Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ad Nerdium. Uh, I am your host, Patrick Salerno, and with me today is my wonderful co-host and Ad Nerdium's producer, Will Roach. How you doing, Will? Pretty good, pretty good. Ready for Christmas. Uh, so am I. Um, just so everybody is aware, we're both recording in different locations today, so Please excuse the audio. I'm home for the holidays. I did my quarantine, got both my tests, been staying safe, uh, and I encourage you all to do the same. So that is why I'm not with my usual mic today. Um, so please bear with us. And today is our holiday-themed episode. Uh, Mr. Roach, would you care to share with the audience what we're talking about today? Uh, so today we're going to be talking about that legendary figure that big jolly red suited man uh santa claus and um the possibility that he might just be an authoritarian dictator he might just be santa claus might just be the big brother we've all been fearing his secret hideout somewhere in the north pole his ability to travel across the entire world in one night his ability to know when you've been to see you when you're sleeping, to know when you're awake. This man has a lot of power in the world, and there's a lot of implications to that, wouldn't you say? I mean, yeah. And we also have to take into account that this man is completely breaking sovereignty of many countries, uh, invading their airspace without, uh, without the ability to. He obviously has ties to corporations, as uh, I believe it's... Uh, oh, it might be actually the U.S. government has a tracker of Santa where you can see where he is throughout Christmas Eve. So he has ties to governments, and they let him do the, their things. My, my question based off that one, just kind of jumping into it, is are our governments afraid of him? <laughs> well, I think for a look into that, um, let's look at superheroes. Let's look at uh, superhero movies. Let's look at um, how those fictional narratives have handled this situation and have talked about it. If you look to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that's a pretty strike example. Um, I believe the Sokovia Accords, which were the kind of grounding points for the movie Captain America Civil War, and the subsequent films thereafter. You know, when you have power, when you have that ability to, let's say, super speed, super strength, uh, Santa can fit in every chimney, so, you know, probably some sort of polymorph ability or shape-changing ability. Um, there, there's fear. Um, and that was the premise of the, that whole division within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Some of the heroes were upset that their freedom, their sovereignty were being limited even though, you know, these citizens of, as you say, these guys were American citizens kind of doing extrajudicial justice in foreign nations. Um, and that caused a lot of issues. That caused a lot of fear because of their power. Yeah. Um, and if we bring Santa back to his, like, his origins and when he got started, he's a Dutch citizen. Um, he, he is a citizen of the Netherlands, and this, this Dutch man has just made his compound, uh, which, if you think about it, probably has the GDP larger than many, many countries, if he's able to provide millions and billions of dollars of goods to people 
gratis. Uh, and there's a power there and not even just physical power. Um, also probably technological. What is it that makes this reindeer fly? Why isn't he sharing that with NASA? Why can't we use that technology to, to make the next maglev trains? He needs to give that to Transportation Secretary Buttigieg. <laughs> well, let's, let's take a second and let's, let's look at this North Pole Kingdom. Um, let's look at the powers. Let's define what this authoritarian big government uh, big brother government looks like, right? And I think there's no, there's no better example than 1984. Uh, I think, I mean, that is where big brother comes from. That is the term that we have used. Um, and though it has kind of since expanded from that, um, that is where, that is the source, right? Um, so let's look at that society and let's see how this North Pole kingdom where these toys come from compares. In 1984, you have a, a globalized government or more globalized. There's three competing powers uh, and each one operates in a very similar way. They have complete authority over their nation. Um, now the North Pole huge you know that's a lot of land that uh this one man Sinterklaas uh seems to own uh and operate from and as far as we are aware he is the sole decider of what goes on in that land uh he is the sole determiner of the naughty and the nice so the the rules of power go to him and we see the same thing in 1984, the state big brother, the party, there's no need for laws when the party knows what's right. That's a, a bastardized quote from the book that the party determines what is right and wrong. And there's no need for laws because the party knows what's best. Um, another key aspect there is surveillance. The party has spies. Uh, they have cameras, they have listening devices and recordings. The, the main character whose name I'm forgetting uh, works with the uh, Ministry of Truth, I believe. And he is, his job is to kind of sort and lie, essentially, and distort news articles. And he'll write fake ones, replace them with the new ones to suit the party's needs. But while he is working his desk, there is a camera that is watching him at all times. His housing has a camera on the TV screen that has a view of just about the entire room. Uh, there's cameras again on the streets. There's cameras pretty much everywhere. So surveillance is another aspect of this uh, big, uh, this big brother mentality. Now that famous song, sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Uh, he's known if you, he knows if you're good or bad, so be good for goodness sake. That does imply some sort of massive, massive surveillance technique that and, this man has. I mean, if you, if you just put the two phrases next to each other, <laughs> uh, so be good for goodness sake, and the party knows what's right, they're pretty similar if you think about it. 
<laughs> it doesn't define what is good. They just tell you to be good. And if you don't, there will be consequences. And it goes back to power. Uh, and that is another big aspect and another element of this big brother government is control. Uh, who has control over good? Who has control over the truth? A big part in 1984, especially towards the end, after this main character has been caught, he's being interrogated. And there is this wonderful segment where they're talking about truth. And the interrogator says something about along the lines of, you know, we control the truth. You know, if we want the earth to be flat and the stars to be non-existent, we all we need to do is say it. Because who is there to stop us from saying otherwise? Um, we have the power to claim truth. Santa seems to have the power to claim goodness, to claim badness. And if you think about it, there's pretty inconsistent uh, uh, throughout the years. Um, a lot of things that we today now see as uh, morally reprehensible uh, probably was rewarded with presence back in uh, in earlier days. Now, I don't know if Santa was as much of a presence during uh, <laughs> the early 1800s, but I know he was a presence during the 50s. And I bet you that kids who had segregationist parents and uh, kind of bought into that one, they got gifts too. So is so he's being a little consistent here. Is he? What what does he base it off of? What, what what is good and what is bad for Santa? I mean, what is the good is the fundamental question of philosophy, I would say. Aristotle has said that the, the goal of humanity or the goal of all things is to achieve a kind of good. And that good is achieved by some flourishing, some function. Uh, with us, it, it is the ability to flourish. This eudaimonia, this happiness is our ultimate good. But for other things, they're also looking to achieve the good, um, these non-sentient forces. But their good is something different from our good. So what is the good is the most fundamental question to who we are uh, as, as a people flying through this rock in this universe. Um, one thing that I want to go back to, uh, mm. kind of comparisons to 1984, is... In 1984, uh, the government is the sole employer. Um, everyone works for the government. Just about, just about. Just about. There's a couple of merchants. Like it, it, it is a fascinating read, um, and I would suggest the audience, if you haven't read it, do. I only just read it in college, like last year, um, but it's been on my radar for a long time. And it, it is a fascinating tale of law and surveillance, criminality, of justice, um, definitely worth a read. The majority of people in that society work for the party and Big Brother. And have you heard of a Santa's elf that does not work in the workshop? Have you heard of San a Santa's elf that does not do some job that is under the umbrella of the clause? Uh, Legolas. Okay, that's a different type <laughs> of elf, Mr. Tolkien. There there's there's a fantastic college humor skit. I don't know if you've ever seen it, um, where it's uh, like a Talariel, a Tolkien elf, goes to visit his parents in the North Pole. And it's like, you know, when a hipster kid goes back to their conservative parents in suburbia, and it's absolutely hilarious. 
Um, but yes, for, for, for today, we are concerned with the, the elves in the North Pole. There's, that, there's a kind of control there, because with Santa as the, uh, like, the executive of that entire operation and that country, if we are to call it a nation, then his absolute power not only extends to whether people around the world get gifts on Christmas or they get coal, which, by the way, probably isn't helping the whole global warming crisis. Uh, There's a connection there. We might come back to that one. But also depends on the livelihood of these people. If they are thrown out of their homes in the North Pole, that's very, very cold. I bet their genetic uh, mutations are not to the point where they can survive sub-zero temperatures for, uh, without proper clothing and or shelter. And definitely, well, I would not put a elf against a polar bear. That would not go well. I wouldn't put any of us that a polar bear. If if you see a polar bear out in the North Pole, just just no, you're done. Lay it's down. not like the Coke commercials. It's not Except like the Coke it. commercials. You can't. They're too big. Is this a government that controls the means of production, or is this a corporation that controls the means of justice? Ooh. You know, because they're, they're, those are two different things, and novels and fiction have shown us various degrees of uh, dystopias, some which are governments, some which are kind of a corporatist cyberpunk future. Um, and so if, if this is a job, if this is a company, and this is a corporation that has taken over and has con- controls the entirety of the North Pole, then, you know, it is a corporatist dystopia that we are talking about. Or if this is a government, someone who went up to the North Pole to start a new life, is, but controls the means of production and is exporting their means of production one day a year, then we are dealing with something different. And that is, though, again, we're looking to 1984, then that would be a very different thing than the Big Brother we see in 1984. Yeah, I didn't really ha- think about the possible differences between like having that authoritarian government that controls all of industry and having a kind of like company town ideal. And if you haven't heard of company towns, uh, in the mid 1900s, corporations or uh, companies who would have like factories and people who would work there would build uh, housing for their people and then uh, build stores for them, but then keep them there by only paying them in currency that would work at the stores that were also owned by the company. So they would recoup any pay they had already given out um, with possible profit. And that could be what's happening with the North Pole. Now, it's, I've, I haven't really seen a lot of commerce there. I've seen, I've never really heard of the idea. Well, I've never been, so if you have more I mean, knowledge. in, in depictions, in depictions. Um, uh, we know that's top secret, which is a whole different issue. Not letting the UN, uh, UN uh, uh, like, humanity uh, and uh, social services in there is kind of troubling. Um, though it probably is keeping COVID-19 out. That's, that's, that's probably the one upside there. Um, well, according to Dr. Fauci, uh, Santa Claus is immune to COVID. That he is. cannot spread it. So we're all going to be safe come uh, the night of December 24th. Well, wait, that, 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 that implication brings up a whole new problem. 
if uh, Santa Claus has some sort of gene or some sort of ability to uh, to repel the uh, uh, COVID nineteen virus from entering his system, why has he not been working with uh, with with, uh, with governments to help develop the vaccine? Well, his I think that, that is a question for a different podcast. Very fair. We are not we are not qualified to talk no. about that medical area. Not at all. But you you do bring up some good points about the nature of the government up there and its relation to the rest of us. Um, The surveillance power, you know, the fact that he can see into every household and then have a system of judging these actions is the greatest data breach and personal privacy invasion in the history of human humanity. Like, I remember, not, well, I do sort of remember, but I don't remember, remember, uh, after 9-11, there was the implementation of the Patriot Act, uh, which does allow for large-scale data collection. I mean, this this makes the Patriot, Patriot Act look like some random dude just walk, looking, watching you from a street corner. To kind of build on that, if he can see you at all times and judges you at all times, he theoretically could have stopped crimes. He theoretically uh, uh, knows the nuclear codes to all of the world's uh, missiles. This man is highly dangerous because of his information, which is one of the most dangerous things you can have. He is insanely powerful for that reason, barring all of his powers and everything. The fact that this man has to basically dirt on every single politician and world leader that there is, is disconcerting. Um, And what happens when instead of coal, he, instead of putting coal in your stocking, he drops off a uh, envelope of pictures to uh, the (laughs) TMZ. What happens then? Let us, let us hope that good old Sinterklaas decides never to go that far. But to to summarize, you know, Santa Claus, authoritarianism, and Big Brother, um, this this man seems to check off a lot of the boxes, um, you know, an advanced and invasive surveillance policy, a centralized control of the justice system, um, centralized power, uh, a centralized means of production. Uh, this is very much in the lines of Big Brother. And what we see there. Now, I don't think, uh, or at least I don't hope from what we have seen, that up in the North Pole, they are experiencing the same issues that the protagonist in 1984 did. But the the parallels are certainly there. I mean, until we are allowed access and people can learn the the secrets and the Uh, intricacies of the North Pole, we can never know for sure. So there's always just that big jolly sleigh always hanging over us, uh, which could drop a coal on us or possibly something worse at any moment. Well, I think think you've heard it here first, folks. Santa Claus is big brother. Um, Anything else you want to add there, Will? I'm going to direct this one directly to Santa Claus uh, (laughs) because... Uh, I know he can see me at this moment, and it that is, is making me shake in my seat uh, since I'm saying such bad things about him. I know my coal is coming, but I, be- I believe you can do better, and it basically all we're asking for is transparency. We just want to know what's going on up there. We want to be able to investigate and make sure everything is up to, uh, 
up to human rights standards. We want to make sure that your elves, who, who technically are of a different species, but are considered a sentient being, which is a whole different conversation on its own, um, we want to make sure they're not being exploited with child labor laws, because uh, how young are those elves starting to work? Uh, if the uh, if the depictions from Tim Allen's movies are to be seen, <laughs> they seem to be very young. They aren't uh, in the development cycle of a elf's uh, life. Um, their uh, growth to maturity is much, much, much longer than ours. So, what is the age of uh, what is the age of maturity there? What what makes them able to make their own decisions? For a uh, simian, that's only like a year. For us, that's eighteen or 16 or 20, depending on where you are. Um, but there's a lot of implications there. And I think if you're just open to us and we can talk to you and figure things out, um, we'll either be horribly horrified and World War III will start with the North Pole or everything will be fine. So to summarize, <laughs> looking at Santa Claus as a superpowered individual, we see implications both when we looked out to fellow superhero movies, such as the Marvel Cinematic Universe, when we have uh, the understanding of the implementation of power and the, the justification of use of power and, so and the, the nature of sovereignty. Uh, and we also have concerns when it comes to surveillance and control when it comes to looking at uh, works like the, uh, 1984 in concepts like Big Brother, state surveillance, uh, and the nature of truth, and who gets to decide what is good and what is bad. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Ad Nerdium. Uh, as always, please like and subscribe to the Radio Free George SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Um, if you want to stay up to date on the latest news, for Ad Nerdium, give us a like and a follow on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Will, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at uh, at Will underscore Roach on Instagram, at Eagle Roach on Twitter. I made it when I was 13. Don't judge me. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's, uh, and I also run the Ad Nerdium, uh, the Ad Nerdium social. So if you want to connect to the show that way, I am on that. Like, I, I'm on that like glue. So, well, there you go. And please uh, send us questions, especially if this episode in particular might have brought up some thoughts about Santa and power and the nature of control. The stasis um, chamber from this one's definitely going to be interesting. It is. It is. Uh, speaking of, we've had some technical difficulties. We've had some transportation issues. Uh, so expect to see some of the episodes we recorded earlier coming out soon. Yeah, uh, I would probably just expect that uh, this might be our last episode of the year. Uh, and we'll probably be coming at you uh, before or if not, uh, hopefully by now the uh, November Stasis Chamber has released. That was a really good conversation. We wanted to get you that, get that to you guys. It was a little delayed, but glad we got it to you. Um, and uh, we'll have some really good episodes that we recorded earlier this month coming to you in January as we, as we make the transition. Uh, and I will be returning to Washington College campus, thankfully. Yes. Well, as always, uh, this is Patrick. And this is Will. Signing off. Live long and prosper.